0: Welcome everyone to the newest episode of Life with Garabo and I know that I have gone MIA but thankfully I'm back and I'm giving you some wholesome content and hope that it'll help you with whatever it is that you are currently going through and today's episode is quite special to me and I have my good friend here, her name is Carol and she is a psychologist also from South Africa and we're going to be talking about a couple of things that a lot of you Probably have mis uh, you know misunderstood in terms of uh, moving countries uh, or moving to another country in terms of your mental health and basically just looking out for yourself while you are far away from home at your new home. So, <laughs> Carol, welcome to Life with Carol. How are you?
1: Hi, Caravo. Thank you so much. I'm well, thank you. I'm so happy to to be here on this episode with you. Um, I've been following you since like university days or whenever you started this. So I'm so keen and so chuffed that you asked me to be part of it. So thank you. How are you?
0: I am good. I'm good. It's just one of those weeks where I think at work, it's not. It's not just me where we are just going through some sort of a mental health situation. I don't even say. I don't even mm-hmm. want to say it's depression, but it's like some sort of anxiety where everyone is just feeling a little bit uh, of a slump and Mm -hmm. um, so I think this episode is perfect uh, actually because it's so close to home. Can you please introduce yourself just a little bit before we get into into everything?
1: Yes, sure. So hi, everyone. I am Carol-Jan Kuvoviliers, very complicated last name. I'm a South African expat currently living and working in Utrecht, the Netherlands. I moved over as a training spouse with my husband when he received a wonderful um, career opportunity. And we've been here for just over a a year now. And I've recently become a fur mom or we've become fur parents to an adorable adorable cat called Mania Boots. Mm So we're really enjoying him and he's keeping us busy. And yeah, we have just been enjoying the Netherlands, enjoying, you know, the travels around um Europe and just experiencing all the new things that Europe has to offer.
0: Oh wow, that's so amazing. So you have a little Mr. Boots in there. That's so cute, like a yes. boots.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly the reason why we named him that is because he has his pitch black um paws that looks like boots, literally like um put in boots. Yes. And he has a scrumpy, grumpy face that makes him look like a little sir, like a little old man. But he's not grumpy, he's really, really sweet. <laughs> oh,
0: that's cute. That's really cute. I love cats. You know, I wasn't a cat person, but yes. um, since my partner has a cat, I've just grown to love her so much. And cats are so easy to live with, although they think that the world belongs to them. Um, oh yes. Yeah, they're just amazing.
1: <laughs> I uh that I love them. Perhaps Mania Boots and, and Khaleesi need to meet.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. We should organize a play date.
1: <laughs> I agree. That sounds great.
0: <laughs> um. So, I mean, we are like um, a year has passed with you and only six months with me. And it's amazing how, you know, time flies and... You know, with a blink of an eye, you forget that once just, you know, yesterday, you just moved to the Netherlands and now you're starting to integrate and you're becoming a duchy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has life been in the Netherlands so far? And, you know, I, I, I remember you mentioned something about being an expert partner um, and or an expert wife. Uh, so before I ask, before you respond to how life has been in the Netherlands for you, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about what does it mean being an expert
1: partner or wife or husband? Yeah, sure. So, an expat wife or expat husband, or otherwise known as a training spouse, is someone who, you know, goes along obviously with the move, with the um, immigration from their home country to their new host country um, because of reasons such as the partner, you know, getting a career opportunity or they want to go and study or whatever the, the, um, that the case is for for that particular couple, and often the the trailing spouse is then left to, you know, leave their their life behind, leave their jobs, leave their studies or whatever their case is, and move along with that partner to support and to create a new life in in the host country.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those, and I've met a lot of <laughs> same people on Facebook who are you know moving, uprooting their entire life uh, because of partners. But it's such a great adventure. Um, it is. So how has life been so far though in the Netherlands?
1: Yeah, shucks. You know, at this point where we are sitting here and now, I can I can say that I feel well-adjusted and thankful to have found my feet. Of course, being so far away from my people, my friends, my family is always the, the hardest. And I don't know if that will get easier as, as we go along. But, you know, in the initial teething stages, it was really, really challenging and really, really hard. And, you know, firstly, as an expat in the Netherlands, it was actually so exciting. And, you know, it initially felt like a holiday that, actually isn't coming to an end right mm-hmm. um but with a heck of a lot more admin extra admin too, for it to be a holiday um uh, but as the adrenaline you know started to settle and I started to feel um the sense of isolation mm-hmm. um essentially and feeling really lost and confused emotionally and physically can I mention I mean the public um transport system i mean finding the the nearest grocery shop was a mission on its own yeah. um, and i think a combination of all of these feelings ultimately left me feeling like i lost my sense of independence yeah. um, and my husband Shane, bless him he has been you know he <laughs> is a massive support for me here Um, However, he was already, you know, knee-deep in work the moment we arrived, he already went to see a client the day after we arrived, actually. So as wonderful as it was to see him find his routine and get back into the swing of things so quickly, um, I couldn't help but but feel a longing for what he had as well, that sense of certainty, that sense of stability um, when it comes to work and and some sort of a, a routine, I guess, um, and I'm not too sure about you, Karabo, but I'm someone who does well with routine. I'm not overly rigidly, you know, routine, but um, somewhat at the very least. So to pick from, you know, so to move from, should I say, a relatively routine week and having multiple clients on a daily basis and, you know, having my daily routine set in stone from when I woke up to when I went to bed to making the move to something that was so unknown was, was actually really daunting.
0: I think for me, um, everything has been my expectation rather was very, which is one of the one of the topics that we're gonna touch on. my expectation mm-hmm. was very high in terms of the moment I you know I, I move in, things are just gonna be so much easier to get to you know to get used to given that least yes. in the Netherlands so 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 often but it turned mm-hmm. out to be that everything that we've known about travelling and you know the short stays are always so nice and blissful but then the longer stays are always so miserable and lonely and you know you feel so useless um if i if 100% I so for me that has been very difficult um and also because you know as south africans we're so attached to our families so it becomes, oh yes <laughs> yeah it becomes this whole of you know letting go and picking up new things new culture and just you know opening up to a new environment so that has been very very difficult and I think um, when I thought about you and you know the work that you do I thought you know what Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the only one going through this and a lot of experts go through this and most of them end up moving back home and we all have this conversation and we know that you know we're going through the same thing then probably you make the the blow a little bit you know easier to take so for sure yeah
1: a hundred percent and I think sorry sorry to interrupt you but I think there's that big difference and perhaps it forms part of those misconceptions which we'll also chat about a bit later I think and those misconceptions between a holiday and actually staying in in a foreign country it's very very different because a holiday you you are there for a certain reason you can have that downtime you've almost given yourself that permission to say okay i'm not working i can spend x amount of money to go out and do certain things but when we have moved as an expat um it it, it's basically as if you are still expected to to live your normal life to you know find a job to to get into that routine to as you said you know um mix into the culture to become adapted with with the culture around you and, and it's really hard and uh, yeah it's there's a lot of people who who find it really challenging and eventually do move back home it's it's a big reality
0: it is it's, it's very sad but mm-hmm. um, so recently I came across a term called expert anxiety um mm-hmm. can you find a little bit on what that is
1: sure that's such, such a good question so for me Um, It's the overwhelming experience of the rollercoaster of emotions ranging from excitement to stress to worry to sadness and all else in between that can be experienced during this this journey um, that is related to a massive adjustment that is expat living and immigration, so basically going from certainty and something that is known Mm. to to uncertainty to some degree and the unknown demands a lot of capacity and energy from us and the, the demand that is placed on individuals during this expatriation process or Im- immigration process is immense and at times it can actually be quite threatening for us um, which in turn sends these signals to our brain to provide safety because our brain's function is to keep us safe right yes. um, and when we do feel threatened or when we feel um, under attack, if I can say, it, the brain is very clever, but can also be quite silly in that it doesn't know the difference between a physical threat or an emotional threat. So even though it seems as if it's a, an emotional threat, um, the brain then sends a signal to provide that safety, which can show up as anxiety, which is a tendency to try and keep us safe by avoiding, by distancing, which then actually you know, can perpetuate that cycle of anxiety at the end of the day.
0: Ah, so which means that if I am, you know, being intentional about meeting new people and going out and basically studying from the ground up to create a life, you know, a positive life and experience for myself, then it means that I'm also just, you know, putting up a defense to say, listen, we are okay. Just telling my brain that we're okay. We just need to get used to, you know, having a routine, like you said, and, you know, the new environment and, you know, being a part of this, this new, new life, if I may say.
1: Yes, yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent corrupted. And that's the thing, you know, in terms of what we place our focus on during this whole daunting experience is so important because yes, of course we can focus on the the stressful things, the chaotic things, the um the sad things, if I can say. Yeah. And of course they're gonna show up. And of course, you know, we need to acknowledge them. At the same time, there's also that exciting um part of it, the 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 happy part of it, the more positive part of it and the the, the the mindset is is a big thing as well you know a fixed mindset compared to a growth mindset for example and if you do have that growth mindset to say yes okay it is hard now mm-hmm. but if i put myself out there if i allow myself to meet new people to experience the culture to try and learn the language even whatever the case is um it gives you a better chance to then succeed awesome in, in this journey
0: yes, yeah yeah i also i also believe that so for you specifically, or for people that you've met, I mean, we've had conversations, and I'm sure you've you've actually met a lot more um, experts than I have. And I think your job is so amazing because you get to meet so many people from different walks of life, and we all share, you know, some common experiences, but then other experiences are very different. And you probably have heard, you know, what makes you know the expert life very hard. What are some of the um, some of the things that come up like, that make Everyone just feel like this is such a difficult process to to undertake or to be or an environment to be in um, as an expert.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I think it links back to that expat anxiety and mm. going back to the intense demands of expat living. And a big thing that often comes um, into my practice. And yes, I'm so privileged to see so many, um, you know, people from all walks of life from all different countries. And the big thing. And um, that comes up is the adjustment to absolutely everything from the language to the directions to the grocery shop, for example, to accents or understanding accents, should I say, to understanding the culture, the ways of living and being, and even adjusting in terms of the cost of living compared to your home country. It's it's a lot of adjustment to do in such a short period of time. And according to, to research in psychology, um, they say that it usually takes a minimum of at least three months to, to adjust and feel some sort of belonging in, in your new environment. Mm-hmm. However, it makes it exceptionally difficult to make this adjustment um, over this short period of time, usually because um, of the lack of usual support that they have from your people or your group, your friends and family, because oftentimes expats don't have family and friends in their host country. Um, when they first move over, right? And and it can be especially hard when the time zones of the host country and the home country are vastly different because it makes connecting and communicating with your people very challenging. And the immediacy of having your people around um, when you were back home, you know, perhaps brings a sense of belonging and a sense of safety as well. So when this isn't in our immediate access, it can actually become quite isolating. And it can actually become quite unsafe for for our brain, going back to to those signals that our brain gets. Um, And because, you know, relationships, or for me at least, I I see that relationships are pertinent in our lives and such important factors in our well-beings that if things go well in our relationships, things go well with us as individuals. However, if these relationships cannot be accessed as normal because of the distance, of course, and perhaps time zones, um, it makes it really hard for things to go well with us as as individuals, which makes then um, the adjustment to everything much more challenging. Because again, you need a lot of capacity, you need a lot of energy to be able to adjust to to your new new environment.
0: Spot on. I mean, one of the things that I have um, that kept me. You know, going just a little bit was Mm -hmm. communicating how I feel, Um, and it's so it's so interesting because the people that I would always communicate with are my friends back in South Africa, and some of them or some friends who have moved to other countries, and they would say um, they are enjoying their time wherever they are, and what I need to do is to just take my time because I'm still new here, and I remember it was I was still like in my you know, second month of 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 being here and I was just not having it. I remember we met and you and I met and I was talking about it. You know, just taking the time to understand and to accept that, you know, this is a season where I need to just settle in and stop thinking about, oh, I need to find work. I need to do this and I need to do that. Just take one thing at a time. And that was very encouraging that I thought to myself, you know, I need to just, you know, sit down now and just, you know, relax because these are the times that I'm going to miss when I actually start working or start having a social life, then I'm going to wish that mm-hmm. I wish I was at home, not doing anything and not seeing anyone. So I, I really understand what you mean by that completely.
1: Oh, beautiful. I love the way that you you, you conceptualize that as well. Again, you know, it in that growth mindset to say, okay, yes, things are different to, to what I know them to be. Um, but let's take it in our stride. Let's enjoy this moment. Who knows when I'm going to have this downtime again? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> that's, i could have i could have used that when when i initially came through actually but I remember having having that chat with you and it felt it was so, so confirming for me that um that I wasn't alone that I, it wasn't just me that that was feeling that and I think that's again that that's a big contributor when we don't have those relationships or we don't have access immediate access to those usual relationships and support systems to bounce off these feelings with with each other for the other person to be able to say yeah well you know, it is what it is right now and who knows um, when you'll have this downtime so not having that other to, to almost bounce off um, your feelings with or your thoughts off also contributes to 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 the isolation
0: Talking about, uh, um, you know, moving to a new country, um, I remember on Instagram, you know, I've had people saying, oh, you you know, you, you, you're you doing amazing. Oh, my word. You know, everything's going so well. And I remember that sometimes in Instagram life, social media life does not really show exactly what's happening in someone's life. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, and people have had this misconception that the moment you pack up and leave to a first world country or in a different country country, um, um, you know, in general, is that your life is just going to magically become something better. And, you know, the, the grass is greener on the other side. And yes. when you think about, you know, the misconceptions that that people have about moving abroad, what would you say that has come up for you um, and the people that you've met, you know, or what you've seen online about, you know, the misconceptions mm-hmm. that people have around that?
1: That's such a good question. And yeah, there's so many misconceptions that are out there, and you know, about, moving abroad in that I think one we can link it back to what we discussed earlier in terms of it being a holiday versus it being living and being your everyday life in that it's easy breezy it's just a holiday and it isn't as expensive or as costly as you think because you won't be spending as much as not a holiday however there are other costs and, and other you know factors that that come in into in, into expat living another misconception that that I often see is that your relationships won't change. The relationships with the people back home, the relationship with your partner that you may be moving with, um, and any other relationships or friendships that, that you may have that are near and dear to you that they won't change. Um, I disagree with that because I think you know the very nature of this massive adjustment and this mass- massive move of immigration and expatriation will demand and will test and stretch all your relationships, especially with your partner, if you are moving with them. It's a massive learning curve for for everyone. Um, And sometimes you won't be on the same page. Sometimes there won't be capacity for the usual stuff like intimacy or connection or even date nights because of all the chaos, um, which then does take a toll and create that distance. Between you know yourself and your partner, yeah. well as well as the distance between yourself and your friends. Of course, the physical distance plays a massive a key. But the reality of of life is that we can't always be on our phone. We can't always be video calling or WhatsApping our friends as much as we would love to, and that would be ideal. Life does happen, and as much as we can say, okay, every single week we're going to do a video call, or every single day we're going to pop each other a message to to check in. it's it isn't realistic. And I think in doing that, we, we set ourselves up for disappointment because we tend to then take on more than, than we can in terms of our capacity. Um, and in in this distance that is creators, um, it is normal, you know, given, given this process. And what is important, though, is the, the ability to experience that closeness again, even amongst the chaos, even if it's a small hour between you and your friend or you and your partner to sit down and... And have a cup of tea or have a cup of coffee um, and just to be close again in that way
0: there's just differences in terms of relationships that you know how you you are going to maintain them and also how to you know make people feel like you're still their friend but also not stretching yourself too thin in terms of uh, your emotions and how you're feeling and also not being such a I don't know what, what the word is. There's a word for it, but you're always mm-hmm. feeling so sad because, you know, you can't help it, but then people want to see you happy and they want all that for you, but you just can't help it. So I mm-hmm. completely understand and I completely agree with you on that one. Mm. Uh, my next question though is, um, there's so many high expectations that we set for ourselves. I mean, I've set high expectations and I'm, I'm guilty of this one. And so? I know you, you have. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crime we we'll all commit um, because we, we you know, we think that, um, as mentioned before, grass is greener. You would rather see yourself here than in South Africa at the moment with everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would you advise people to manage these expectations? And do you have an example on, you know, a case that, you know, people can, can think about when they're thinking, okay, now I'm going to magically become this person or... Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't want to be disappointed when I get there.
1: Oh yeah, sure. So, such a good one. Such a good one, up So you know, there, there's so many, so many people who set s- such high expectations for themselves. And I think if we think about the South African population, um, in particular,ly we have such a high worth it. Of- work ethic, in that we do work hard, we do, you know, go above and beyond. And we often take this on into our personal lives as well. And I think this is also perpetuated by by social media at the moment. Um, but I think it's important, you know, throughout this journey to acknowledge that it's going to be a tough, long and grueling one. And yes, of course, it is exciting and wonderful to have this new opportunity. However, the process of getting, abor- um, getting abroad is, is really not for the faint-hearted. And Accepting this um, the space and how the space will look like will ultimately then allow you space, more space for, for the patience and the empathy that is needed along, along the journey for yourself and for the others um, who may be on this journey with you. Taking it one day at a time rather than being attached to the end goal, becoming, um, rather than become attached to the process instead. Ask yourself, okay, what is needed and happening right now, today? For example, what documents do I need for today, and um, that that perhaps the, the the consulate needs, or that my company in whatever the case is. An example that I can share from my own personal high expectation and disappointment cycle um, is that is exactly what what you said earlier, Karabo, in that I thought I would move my business online, my practice online, and it would take off instantly. Everything would be fine. My client base would bounce back, and oh, <laughs> we'll be good. This really was not the case. And boy it was, was it a challenge. <laughs> um, I kept waking up with the expectation to go to work because that was my routine, to go to work, to see clients, to have new bookings every other day. And I realized that I was actually simply setting myself up for, for disappointment and um, because I would set my bar, my, my goal so, so high, and I would always fall short every single day. And I wouldn't change that that bar, so I was just setting myself up for disappointment. And this would take a huge knock on my capacity and energy levels for the remainder of the day because I would just feel so terrible about myself and terrible about the situation, you know, over and above the the exhaustion that was already pres- present because of the actual move. Um, and it also built up as a bit of resentment, I think, within me at the end of the day, thinking about what I had in South Africa, second guessing the move. Um, However, in realizing what reality actually was like, you know, there and then in that present moment, rather than thinking of what it should look like and starting from that point, building up my brand again, networking, marketing, doing those um, foundation, all important foundational things that I did back in South Africa when I originally built the practice. This is what brought me a sense of calm and reassurance. And I learned that small steps lead to the bigger goals. Small steps give Gives a sense of control during a time where so much is out of our control, and I think social media portrays that that um, that narrative of control and having all your ducks in a row um, so perfectly, too perfectly, to the point where if you do feel, you know, resentful, or you do feel as if your energy and capacity levels are diminishing, it's not good, or it's negative, or it shouldn't be this way.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I realize that, and you know, I think you and I can can relate just a little bit. Um, You know, uh, when you come from, you know, a black family or um, Mm -hmm. an Asian family as well, it's like you have this urge and you have this drive to work hard, you know, and and become something, (laughs) you know. And we grow up. Sure and when you move to another country all you want to do is work 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 and mm-hmm. don't allow yourself time to refine your 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 skills to refine your you know your your resume and start you know from the from the ground up and it's like you mentioned yes. anything that you do you're going to start from the bottom and going up because there's a new environment new country and mm-hmm. for me i think that's one of the root causes of my anxiety when i when i moved here is that I just felt like I wanted to work, you know. I just want to make money for myself. I didn't want to be taken care of. What is that? Why should anybody else take care of me? So yes,
1: exactly. So that That was independence.
0: Yes, yes. You want that independence. And as much as you love your partner, you just like, listen, I just want to make some money for myself and be independent. So the question around this is. Uh, for the first few months, uh, uh, you know, uh, or year, how would you advise that people prepare emotionally for, you know, for being unemployed? Uh, how mm. would you, how how should they go
1: around that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a very real thing. It's really real, uh, especially if you are coming as a training spouse, for example. For me, you know, I think it's important to remind yourself that you do not have to work or to have a job to be valuable or to be worthy. You yeah. already are. All of those things just for being you. And I think as as you mentioned, Karabo, in terms of our culture, and in terms of our um, our background and, and how we were raised, it is installed in us that our job and our work do form part of our sense of self or a part of our worth. And I think that's where it's so easy to then experience that, that heightened anxiety and, and um, fall into the trap of shoulds and have tos. Rather than, okay, what is it that I actually want for myself and need for myself? And how can I achieve that according to my own abilities and my own resources? Mm. Um, So to remember that your worth and your value is not tied to whether you work or whether you don't work. Mm. Um, and, And as you mentioned earlier as well, you know, if you have the means and capacity to fill your time with the things you always wanted to do or try whilst you do have some free time this is your opportunity to have some downtime and to do something that you actually enjoy you know if you are privileged enough to be in that position Mm. and in terms of again you know taking that control because as humans it's normal to want to have that sense of control so we can give ourselves that sense of control by taking active control Um, by sending your CV, reaching out to local job agencies in in your city, um, keeping your LinkedIn up to date, and keeping an eye out on these um, community Facebook groups, actually, that are made specifically for the expatriate community. So, for example, I think on Facebook, there's a South Africans in the Netherlands group, and they are constantly posting job opportunities from fellow expats, Um, So that could be a a nice route in as well. And they also have insights into the journey of being an expat. So that could be helpful. And most importantly, self-care, self-care, self-care. I know this sounds really cliche, um, but it really is important. Not only the physical stuff, but also the mental stuff. So seek professional support. Pop your friend or your mom a message. Jump on a video call to bounce ideas off a friend or a colleague. um, Practice mindfulness. Meditate. Meditate. Find a new hobby, continue a hobby you know and love incorporate movement into your daily routine that can all really make a a difference all these small things once compounded can really make a difference and provide you um, the capacity and energy levels that you do need to keep on going because it is in a very emotional taxing process because there is also the elements of rejection that that come into play and I don't know if we have enough time um, in this podcast or this episode but maybe we can chat about it in another episode just in terms of that rejection um, yeah. from companies and, yeah. and how that then affects someone and impacts someone too
0: yeah we, we, we definitely need to have a chat about that because oh that's another another thing it's very it can it can take you really on a, on a roller coaster and yeah. we don't know you know and this is something that does not necessarily happen here but it happens everywhere it's a it's a global thing you know rejection is very very difficult doesn't matter whether it's for a small thing or for a job it's such a difficult thing to accept so we definitely yes. have that conversation on our next episode so so now I know that I actually have another opportunity to talk to you <laughs>
1: ah yes I love it
0: <laughs> um what sort of uh, what sort of services do you offer though to experts that can help uh, you know that can help us pull through you know some of the stuck times that we've spoken about today
1: mm mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, So I personally offer child, individual, couple and family psychotherapy for expats who are struggling and are in need of support. Um, Having had firsthand experience of this process and journey, I have a deep understanding of what the challenges are and what those dark times look like. And yes, it is hard. It really is challenging, but it can also be such a beautiful journey. I think it really does boil down to... Um, you know, effective and healthy coping mechanisms, effective support, effective um, expression of needs, as well as um, again, you know, self care. Knowing when when to take a break, knowing when to reach out for help, knowing what you need, and honouring that as well is so important.
0: Mm, perfect. That's really nice, and I I really do hope that people will reach out because uh we are prioritizing mental health um Mm -hmm. that we still are dealing with and in closing Mm -hmm. do you have any tips like any like one tip or two that you would like to uh, give to the expert community on how to adjust
1: Mm -hmm. sure that's a loaded question for for just one or two tips (laughs) can i give you a bit more (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) (laughs) wonderful um So tips on on how expats can adjust. So for me, given everything that we've just, you know, discussed and and chatted about, it boils down to be, you know, to be patient with yourself and to listen to what you need during this process and to honor it, because this will ensure that you have the capacity to keep on going. And this includes, you know, reaching out for, for support, whether that's to family and friends or whether that's, you know, professionally. Um, It is a massive adjustment, and I know that as much as mental health is making a breakthrough and and the awareness is pulling through, and that is amazing, and I'm all for it, um, there's still a lot of stigma in in today's society, and to not allow um, society's pressures of how it should be, or how it should look like, get in the way of you mobilizing that support. And I think it's important to take it one day at a time, or even one hour at a time at some stages, that. To know that it doesn't all need to be figured out in one day or one week even it can take up to a year it's taken me a year and i wouldn't have it any other way to be honest and i can also recommend joining those facebook groups that that i mentioned they are honestly a wealth of knowledge and and provide great support and they offer a sense of belonging as well um, because they do actually give really good advice first of all and they they often organize community get togethers for the expatriate community for people to meet up as well which can also help with with that isolation and anxiety that one may be feeling in the beginning of of the process and another thing that i found useful was to to escape outdoors when you are feeling down or when you are feeling isolated, to go outdoors, to explore your new city, your town, or even your neighborhood, if that's all you can manage. Um, By moving your body and getting the fresh air in, it can really bring a sense of calm um, amongst the anxiousness and chaos. It's it's almost grounding and and can provide a sense of safety once again for us. And uh, one last thing that, again, helped for me was to just set small routines for, for myself as best as I could. Um, even if it was a simple morning and evening routine with my skincare and my dinner and breakfast, do that. Even if it's a, a routine of meal prepping for, for the week. Yeah, you know, again, these small routines, once compounded, um, will really just set you up for to give you the best chance to succeed and for, for this journey to be as, as memorable and as wonderful as, as possible. Of course, not downplaying the, the, the hard times as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the routines that I tried to, I tried, <laughs> I tried mm-hmm. to get into was um, exercising, which lasted for a few weeks, and I stopped. Mm-hmm. But at least I tried.
1: Yes. And
0: some other things is just honestly not doing too much, not putting pressure on myself, and. Going on small solo dates, um, you know, continuing yes. what I was doing in South Africa. Um, I don't need to go far away to feel like I'm doing something. You know, just around the corner there are exactly. cafes everywhere, coffee shops, and 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 um, what's this breakfast spots where you can just go to just people watch and <laughs> have exactly. A- that honestly can turn your life around so big and such a you know big uh, um improvement that can happen to to your life with just doing small things and without spending without spending too much money so I think that um people just need to just take it easy um like you said before take it easy and know that you need to be very um what's the word you need to be very intentional about you know setting the life that you want here without feeling like you're not doing anything and thinking that you can go back home without trying so those are the things, small things that we always need to remember that we are here for a purpose as well and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be you know found or discovered now you just need to go throughout the journey and see what it is that's here for you
1: a hundred percent again such beautiful depiction of, of that growth mindset again that, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to see what's out there, what cafes are out there, what, what people are out there by, by people watching. And it's those small things that, that make a world of a difference. And to also know that you can't also expect yourself to function the same and do exactly the same as what you did back home because your capacity and your and your demands are very different now. Um, And your capacity has been filled with a lot of different things now. We may not think about it in that way, um, which is why I think the pressure of us doing um and and working and getting stuff done um always creates that anxiety
0: Mm, definitely but um this is uh this has been really lovely chatting to you and i'm definitely going to be sending you a request for (laughs) for um the other topic that we said we'll be talking about which is about rejection and moving around that and that's a lovely time chatting with you and this has been very very amazing and you know encouraging people to literally take a step back and you know, take it easy is one of the most important things that, you know, I also preach in my personal life and, you know, with Mm -hmm. people around me. So I'm really glad that, you know, you're a part of this conversation. And hopefully, you know, people can be a little bit more open on social media in talking about these difficult things that we go through as experts so that, you know, Mm -hmm. people don't have too much expectations when they, you know, when they start the process of moving to a different country. And I also hope that you will be invited to speak to, you know, on these platform so that you know people can, can 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 get to know about your services as well i mean um you're not you know, they're not alone we're not alone uh, there's always some mm-hmm. offer expert um
1: expert advice um so where can people find you oh you can find me through my website is is the best psychology.com.
0: and oh, fantastic. that is it from me i don't know if you have anything that you would like everyone to know <laughs>
1: No, I think I've I've said what I needed to say today. And thank you for for having me, Karabo. It really has been a privilege to sit with you and to have this awesome chat. And I look forward to the next one. Let's talk all about rejection and what that looks like and how we can um, navigate through that as well.
0: And that was carol with some expert expert advice on how to manage your expectations right after moving to your host country i'm so glad that i had this conversation and make sure that you leave a review and also follow the podcast for the next amazing episode which i will be having a chat with one of my favorite solo travelers and i'm so excited that you're going to be joining this one and again i'm karabo
1: from life with karabo